0: Section 82 of Word Portraits of Famous Writers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Word Portraits of famous writers edited by mabel e wotton thomas de quincey 1786 to 1859 from Mason's de quincey in addition to the general impression of his diminutiveness and fragility one was struck with the peculiar beauty of his head and forehead rising disproportionately high over his small wrinkly visage and gentle deep-set eyes his talk was in the form of really harmonious and considerate colloquy and not at all in that of monologue that evening passed and though i saw him once or twice again it is the last sight i remember best it must have been i think in eighteen forty six on a summer afternoon a friend a stranger in edinburgh was walking with me in one of the pleasant quiet country lanes near edinburgh meeting us in the sole living thing in the lane beside ourselves came a small figure not untidily dressed but with his hat pushed far up in front of his forehead and hanging on his hind head so that the back rim must have been resting on his coat-collar. At a little distance, I recognized it to be to Quincey. but, not considering myself entitled to interrupt his meditations, I only whispered the information to my friend that he might not miss what the look at such a celebrity was worth. So we passed him, giving him the wall. Not unnaturally, however, after we passed, we turned round for the pleasure of a back view of the wee intellectual wizard whether my whisper and our glance had alarmed him as a ticket-of-leave man might be rendered uneasy in a solitary walk by the scrutiny of two passing strangers or whether he had some recollection of me which was likely enough as he seemed to forget nothing i do not know but we found that he too had stopped was looking around at us apparently scared of being caught doing so he immediately wheeled round again and hurried his face towards a side turning in the lane into which he disappeared his hat still hanging on the back of his head that was my last sight of de quincey 1846 from pages de quincey Pale he was, with a head of wonderful size, which served to make more apparent the inferior dimensions of his body, and a face which lived the sculptured past in every lineament from brow to chin. One seeing him would surely be tempted to ask who he was that took off his hat with such grave politeness, remaining uncovered if a lady were passing almost until she was out of sight, and would get, for an answer, likely enough oh that is little de quincey who hears strange sounds and eats opium did you ever see such a little man little he was indeed like dickens and Jeffrey, the latter of whom had so little flesh that it was said that his intellect was indecently exposed from james Payne's literary recollections in the ensuing summer after the publication of another volume of poems i visited edinburgh and called upon quincy to whom i had a letter of introduction from miss mitford he was at that time residing at laswad a few miles from the town and i went thither by coach he lived a secluded life and even at that date had become to the world a name rather than a real personage but it was a great name. Considerable alarm agitated my youthful heart as I drew near the house. I felt like Burns on the occasion when he was first about to dinner with the Lord. My apprehensions, however, proved to be utterly groundless for a more gracious and genial personage I never met. Picture to yourself a very diminutive man, carelessly, very carelessly dressed, a face lined, careworn, and so expressionless that it reminded me of that chill, changeless brow where cold obstruction's apathy appals the gazing mourner's heart. A face like death in life. The instant he began to speak, however, it lit up as though by electric light. This came from his marvelous eyes, brighter and more intelligent, though by fits than i have ever seen in any other mortal they seemed to me to glow with eloquence he spoke of my introducer of cambridge and of the lake country and of english poets each theme was interesting to me but made infinitely more so by some apt personal reminiscence as far as the last named subject it was like talking of the olympian gods to one not only cradled in their creed but Who had mingled with them himself, half an immortal. End of section eighty two. Recording by Greg Giordano, Newport Ritchie, Florida.